Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Give me two. Welcome back. Yeah, actually, some of you might be seeing this for the first time and had no clue that I just did a previous show. But for those of you that are transitioning over, it's the Prospects Power Half Hour. Me and Benjamin Chase, as always, Plotso Podcast, 2 else Utah. Follow Ben on Give Twitter, me two. what used to be known as Twitter. Big Gentle Ben. I'm an MJ Govier. We're going to talk about prospects that have new homes now that we'd like to highlight and focus on. There was a lot of action at the deadline. Uh, ben, did you think it was an entertaining trade deadline? I thought it kind of died out at the very end. It didn't have the big grand finale. I thought it might, but I certainly had a good time. I talked uh, with some people about the deadline on Joe Rico's show over at Sports Ethos on Tuesday, and then I jumped on the Tout Wars live stream. Thanks to them for having me on. So I got to I got to talk a lot about it, but I want to hear what you think. I, I think the best part was it surprised a lot of people. Um, you know, you get we'll talk about him some more later, but uh, you get the Jake Eater for uh, Jake Berger trade. That's that was out of nowhere. No one saw Jake Berger being a guy that the White Sox would deal. I mean, they're talking about all sorts of pieces. No one saw that one coming. Hmm. Um, little deals that are just see. I'm I'm one who I love getting into the weeds on these like. The Padres and Marlins made a deal that sent Garrett Cooper to uh, to San Diego, but along with him went Sean Reynolds, who's like a six foot eight uh, former first base prospect that is he's converted into a bullpen arm, comes from a goofy angle from that six foot eight, and really is looking like he could potentially be a guy that someday is a back end guy. Huh. I just thought. Holy, like, that's one of those little deals that nobody notices Sean Reynolds until the fact that the guy is on up in the major league club. So, yeah, that one to me was really, you know, I love those type of trades on trade deadline day where, okay, this really doesn't impact the major league team that much right now for 2023. But this could be a really fun trade going forward. It could have. You know, it might have some implications that down the road you're talking about closer Sean Reynolds who takes over for Josh Hader, you know, or something like that. And we are, we're going to suddenly be going, well, where the heck did they get Reynolds from? Like, you know, <laughs> and so 
that's that's the type of stuff to me that was fun about this deadline. You didn't expect a, a number of the guys that ended up coming through. Yeah, I, you know, I thought there'd be more moves for some certain players that were on the fringe, but you know, with, with some new regimes. Like both in Kansas mm-hmm. City and Detroit, which are both in the AL Central, yes, but they're both new regimes. And I thought it seemed after some time to ponder after the deadline ended that they wanted to kind of feel things out a little bit more. They didn't want to like dump everybody. They're still kind of taking stock of what they have. I thought maybe, I thought maybe Brady Singer might be a guy they want to move on from. I thought that was possible. That was just my own opinion because without knowing any inside information, I just thought that he was a guy that was part of the last regime who maybe could offer more if given a fresh start somewhere else. Although he has turned it around lately, he's really looking a lot better, a little more sharper, a little more consistent. But again, that was the kind of guy I was looking at. And with the Tigers, of course, yep. they tried to trade Eduardo Rodriguez. That fell through. <laughs> Eduardo showing he's the boss. Scott Harris had to take it and like it. So it was interesting to see uh, moves that didn't happen for me. And those are some of them I thought would happen. See, and that's, to me... The sellers are where I know there's a lot of people going, well, geez, I don't know if this team bought enough. I don't know if this team bought enough. I'm going to, I thought one of the more curious things was the, the amount of, uh, the amount of sellers who left a lot on the table. I mean, like this Cardinals still have 20 outfielders. Yeah. (laughs) Joe mentioned that that's, Absolutely. Yes, they dealt some of their pitching, but I'm sorry, if the Cardinals are competing right now, they desperately need pitching. It's not like they were dealing from a an excess there. Uh, they are a team that, abs- you know, we talked earlier in the year when we still thought the Cardinals might pull out some Cardinal magic and compete, that the Cardinals and the Guardians were perfect trade match because you could give an outfielder to the to Cleveland and you could get back a pitcher. That just seemed like a, a perfect, perfect trade. And I think really to me, and I think I mean this kind of transitions for us to kind of who had the best deadline on the seller side. Yes, the Cardinals did a nice job. I think they left a lot on the table. For me, it's the Mets and the White Sox. Those two are kind of in a different class as far as the sellers are concerned because they got rid of so much that they had an opportunity to get rid of the White Sox. They did hold on to Dylan Cease, but quite frankly, he might have value this off season. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're talking about pretty much, I mean, Lance Lynn moves, Lucas Giolito moves. They basically upended anyone who had major league experience in their bullpen. I mean, they, they really did a nice job of tearing some stuff down getting back pieces, some of which are a little bit far away, but they got a lot of pieces back that should be able to help out in 2024. Giolito um, got crushed, by the way, last night. Terrible. Oh. So bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, surprise. Giolito allowed home runs. I, I mean, <laughs> just, I'm sure everyone was surprised. Well, it wasn't as bad uh, as Ben Lively, I guess, so if you want to start doing that game. Well, yeah. yeah. There's, this is true. Lively immediately goes on the IL after Of course, that too, and so. it's not it's not because he's hurt. Yeah. It's just shame, and he needs to see a sports psychologist. Yep. It's more of a mental thing yeah. than anything. That, really, <laughs> that's how I put it. He's, he's going to spend the next 10 days on a couch, folks. Sorry. Uh, uh, what yeah. about this one, Ben? I know uh, we'll talk more about these deadline winners and losers, but thoughts on mm-hmm. a guy who could get called up and make an impact for the fantasy playoffs now that the dust has settled a bit here? 
you know, and and I, I mentioned this, we were talking in the Discord about, you know, who's the prospect that benefits the most out of all this. I don't know if there's a guy who still has prospect eligibility that really tremendously benefits from these deals, but there are a lot of guys, or I guess who are still pure prospects. There are a lot of guys with uh, like Lucas Ersig yeah. in, uh, in Oakland. I could see him, you know, with them moving guys. Yes. Trevor May's still there, but if you're in a holds league, you know, Lucas Ersing has kind of got a path cleared for him now to get some pretty significant or to get a significant role and potentially show that he could handle a closer role in 24. So, you know, if you're in a, a dynasty league, that could be a really nice pickup this year where suddenly you have a closer next year. Um, and, you know, talking about other guys, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head here who else I mentioned in that particular discussion, but it was. I mean, there's a lot of guys, maybe not, boy, you know, I mentioned Michael Garcia with with Kansas City. They moved on from Nicky Lopez. Michael Garcia should have a full run now in the infield. What about um, Samad Taylor? Does that help him out at all? Or, uh, You know, I don't know. I, I think they're still seeing him as a an outfielder. Um and, but he does bring that kind of the ability to play multiple positions. So he should get some run, you would think. Um, I I do like that, as Joe's mentioning, Connor Phillips. Connor, boy, if you want to hear a guy who knows himself, listen to interviews with, about, you know, that he gives. Because Connor is really, he understands what he does well at, on the mound and does a really nice job of expressing that. Uh, so I, I've been impressed every time I've listened to him, and I had heard that before, but he recently had one with uh, Aaron Blayton where he got on their podcast and was just, man, he was just spitting fire as far as baseball analytics goes in my brain. Yeah. I was just loving listening to him because he knew knew himself so well. Uh, another guy I mentioned, uh, Car- I mean, we mentioned the Cardinals. The Cardinals really have, uh, you know, Nolan Gorman and Matthew Libertor aren't, prospects anymore they've graduated from those type of lists yeah but they're going to get full run now i mean libertor is going to be a starter the rest of the way and i keep arguing with folks that what you need to see is matthew libertor stay in one place and start for a year because he is very much a field pitcher and that has been his whole his all the way up through the minor leagues once he gets a consistent role and he stays there for a little bit even if the competition gets better around him he does better as he sticks in a place and nolan gorman boy it's going to be fun watching him get a full amount of run i mean stinks that you have to lose brendan donovan for that to happen but uh with de young out of there and with donovan out i i don't see how they don't play nolan gorman every single day which allows them to see what he can do against lefties for 24 well what about what joe said in the previous shows chat about there's three open spots on the Cardinals 40 man right now. So can you possibly crystal ball that? Like, what do you expect to happen? Everybody wants Mason Wynn to jump into things, but you've said, I've said that it doesn't even make sense for him to be called up now because they might lose his eligibility right away. Yeah. And I've said this and I know his numbers look great. And I will tell you, caution everyone to look at, 
triple a numbers and to extrapolate triple a numbers into the majors <laughs> not such a great idea um mason win is a guy who has legit plus speed but by far his best tools are on the defensive side of the ball yeah. i think mason Wynn could play a major league shortstop right now and immediately be i mean ellie's gonna be the only person who's active that can compete with him for arm strength on the infield um he's he's got a cannon and you know, you're talking about a couple of guys that there are a guy here who I think he can be a 10 to 15 home run guy. I think he can give you 30 steals. I'm not a hundred percent sold that he's a consistent, you know, 270 to 290 hitter at the major league level. Um, but I mean, he's going to be a little shy of that. I just think, I think there's just going to be a lot more defensive value to him. And they're going to be okay with hiding him down in the bottom of that lineup and just letting him eat down there and letting him learn. Um, but I, I think, you know, Joe mentioned in the chat here, uh, that very well could be pitching. That very well could be pitching where the, the Cardinals go with it. Um, you know, they have a number of guys that are very close to the majors. Um, you know, guys that they really need to figure out where do they belong next year? What role do they have in 24? So we can then go out and figure out what we want to get this off season. And that's a big, going to be a big thing for, for this team. You know, I don't know if Gordon Grishefo is a great or a future MLB starter beyond a fifth guy. You know, as in, I don't know if you really ever want to roster him on your fa fantasy leagues, but this is going to be a chance. Tink Boy, I don't know about Tink. I don't know about Tink. Tink's, Tink's a ways away as far as building up innings. That's the big thing. Um, and I don't think they want to bring him up just to let him see what the majors look like. Mm. You know, that's, you know, he's at 61 innings. He's already surpassed any innings he's total he's ever had. Um, I, and you know, he's in double a, he's got four starts in double a and he's averaging five innings a game. You know, he's not being really allowed to go deep and that's with him really freaking performing in double a. So it's, he's been at a pitch count where he could have gone longer. He's been efficient, but they aren't letting him go any farther. So that tells mm -hmm. me they kind of have a limit every single time out with him, which is okay. He just needs to he needs to build there. So he yeah, he's not you don't even see him getting maybe a, a debut in September. I mean, I guess that's possible. I I mean I could see him end up being a guy where they need a spot start late in the season and they bring him up just to kind of, you know, hey, take a look. Here's what the majors look like. Um I just to me, if I'm run building and developing a team. I just don't – I don't want to do that to a rookie. I want to make sure he is 100% ready before he makes that jump to start a game. And is it, the Cardinals have a number of guys they still need to figure out sitting in AAA that um, – oh, gosh, from uh, Arizona Fall League last year, Thomas, Connor Thomas. You know, there's another guy. He He's had an up-and-down year this year, mostly down. Um, but, you know, really – done some nice things at the AFL last year and he's the only thing he's really not doing is striking out. 
Yeah. So I think he could be a guy. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, we're live here on the Plotsam Podcast, Prospects Power Half Hour. Benjamin Chase, Michael Govier, Plotsam Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah. We're talking about post-trade deadline. A lot of guys who might be opening up opportunities. The Cardinals had a lot of 40-man roster spots open up. Three is a lot. Mm -hmm. It is a lot of spots to have at once at this point in the season. Uh, But what about Peter's question here? Putting you on the spot, Ben. Is there any impact first baseman that gets called up soon besides Manzardo? I mean you're running into the definition of an impact first baseman. An impact first baseman is a guy who would extrapolate out to a 30 home run hitter, you know, and that's awfully difficult to ask of a guy who's just getting called up. Um, you know, well, we want to talk about, we talked about the Aquinos and the Hoskins. I mean, those are flukes. Yes. They're not, those are rarities, right? Those don't happen. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's, um, you know, you've got, I would say, you know, Hessen Kirstead could get a little bit run of run toward the I end of the year, that. but I, um, and he's been playing some first base. I don't know that he's, I don't know how much full run he's going to get because they didn't really open up space for him, you know, and unless they kind of have a collapse of everybody else who's potentially eligible, I just don't see that. Um, I mean, obviously Christian Encarnacion Strand, he's already up. Yeah, but that's another guy who's you know prospect at first base that could do some stuff like that. Um, Jonathan Aranda is another one who could be coming up and would be a first base type of guy with Tampa Bay, but he's not your typical first base profile. In that, I would think you're probably getting average out of him and you know double digit steal potential more than 25 home run guy. What about uh, going back to the Cardinals again? I don't want to, but maybe Luke and Baker get some chance to. Oh, you know. I, I would love – I think Lucan's a, a DH only, but, man, I would love that. And, you know, I think we've, you know, bringing up my boy that we've talked about since the start of the year, Matt Mervis. Yeah. Um, Cubs just got rid of uh, Mancini. They DFA'd Mancini. And so – and now, granted, that was in order to acquire somebody else, but, I mean, the guys in the first – in first base – that could possibly move in there. I, I just, I don't see a whole lot of guys that are going to slide in and just take over and, and hit. I mean, that's the biggest thing is a, a guy who's got that kind of talent is close. He's up already. You know, that's yeah. really what we've seen this year is a lot of those guys have been pushed up already at this point in the year, which for better or worse, the new rules around things have really encouraged that. And I'm glad to see it, frankly. Yeah, well, I'm showing you on the live stream here on the YouTube, which you guys should always subscribe to if you're just listening. Please subscribe. This is first baseman in the International League right now over the last 30 days only. So I've formatted it on home runs. Luke Voigt, that's an old man. He's got seven home runs over the last 30 days. Luke and Baker second. Just opted out of a contract, too. Ah. So he, he had a minor league deal. He just opted out. But Do yeah. any of these names uh, strike you as someone who could come up here and make a difference? I mean, this is just the International League. We can look at the PCL, too, but I'm just looking at current guys who've shown some pop over the last month. I just, man, I, it's... Keston Hura? <laughs> I don't, I, I, yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I will say, you know, you're... I, could Bobby Dahlbeck come up and get a little bit of run? Sure. Um, but a lot of these guys you're looking at, probably the best 
power hitters that are been down there that are first baseman really i mean michael toglia you know you know christian Krashian strand tyler soderstrom these guys are all up yeah and so your best guys are already up like i said i think you might be on to something or else you're on something uh, with the luke and baker thing and and i like that i mean that that one might be a guy who you know he's He's 26. He's really done all he can do in the minors. Yep. Get him some work. Um, you know, but as far as a guy who's going to give you offense, that's that's what you're looking for. I mean, at a fantasy level. Yes. Um Yeah, it's kind of barren right now. It's it would be it would be a surprise name, I feel like now if somebody came out of nowhere. It would be even a oh, surprise yeah. to Ben, I think. But uh, oh, uh yeah, Jahanxi Noel, if the Guardians don't bring up Manzardo, oh. Could give you Aquino, Boom, and Bust. Yeah. He's got terrible plate discipline, but he does have pop. Oh. But he's got power. He's 22 yeah, years old. Say he, it's it's hard to argue with the fact that he has incredible power. Um, so, yeah, that that could be a fun one. But, yeah, other than that, yeah, this, at least we've been saying, it's just, you know, I just don't see it. Like a Mason Martin is another one hmm. with Pittsburgh. He's had a lot of some really good run on power, but another one who hits 200 strikes out a ton. And uh, oh, what about uh, Lawrence <laughs> Butler? Really is that a sneaky one? Do you agree with Chad, or is that more unlikely? Um, I don't know if Lawrence is going to give you the offensive stats you would want out of a first baseman. Um, you know, he's. I really, I would love to see him come up. If nothing else, then Butler might be one of the best guys in baseball right now, like best people in baseball and uh it would be great just to see him get that run for the rest of the season with the a's mm-hmm. um but i i don't know that he's a i don't know that he's gonna end up being a guy who gives you an aquino type finish to the end of the year yeah also a lot of people are really trying to build the buzz for pca and that's why mike says you know yeah. we talked about mervis but Will PCA debut this year? Because the Cubs are on a stretch run here. They're crushing the Reds this week. They're on fire. They truly are mm-hmm. in contention for this NL Central and a wild card, possibly. Just going to say they pulled all their major pieces off of the market. And uh, after taking a lot of calls on, for apparently on their pitching staff, which, okay, uh, but, you know, they, they took a lot of calls on more than just Cody Bellinger. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, they ended up going out and acquiring back one of their old prospects in Jaime Candelario. I mean, that's really the biggest move they made. Um, so a guy that they had traded to the to the Tigers back in the day. So uh, speaking, of, yeah, speaking of the Tigers, um, I'm actually excited about the arrival of How You Lee. Like it was a guy yeah. I'd not heard of. I admit that freely and. I dug into him, though, after the trade for Michael Lorenzen to the Phillies, which I'm so glad they got off Lorenzen. I don't want Lorenzen in my fantasy lineups at all now, especially in that ballpark, in that division. But uh, I'm glad they got a return for a guy who's a hitter, A, and B, excellent plate discipline. Like, really, I mean, he's he's still in high A, I believe, right? High A, but IU Lee has excellent plate discipline skills he's showing already. Double-digit walk rates already. It's very promising. Oh! Oh, Joe says uh, Yuri Perez will be back next week. There you go. That's breaking news. So 
Lock that Woo. in right now. Congratulations to all those people that have been hanging out, waiting for that. But yeah, uh, were you familiar with uh, Lee before the trade deadline? Yeah. Yep, and and he's he's a guy who in batting practice shows you that he could be like a 20 home run sort of guy. I actually compared him last offseason. He had a really nice year last year, and I compared him last year to Carlos Baerga. Oh, and uh, as far as profile, but he's just not accessing the power in game. Uh... But there is enough pop there to where he could be. He could have some 20 homer years, um, but I, w- I would wager he's probably a high average guy with 35 doubles and 10 home runs is his profile. And he's a second base only guy. You don't want to play him at, at short. Um <laughs> Just not a guy you want there, but, and and I don't know that he really has the arm to handle third full-time either, but he's played some third this year, but he's definitely a second base sort of guy. Is uh, and, and, there any Julian I mean, in him at all, or is that a ridiculous comp? No, he's, he's not that kind of guy as far as patience, but he's, I mean, if you want to get a comparison to the guy that they got rid of in order to give Julian some time, you know, there might be a little bit of Luis Arias in him. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that he's going to ever hit 400, but, I mean, he's more of that type of a hitter, a guy who's going to be real contact heavy. Okay. Well, you know, we'll see what becomes of it. He's one guy that at least shows a little bit more patience at the plate, which is what the Tigers need. They need more Mm -hmm. guys like that. You know, he's a a smaller dude, 5'9", but he's he's thick, 5'9", 190. He's a thicker dude. So, uh, 20 years old, we'll see what happens with how you Lee now with the West Michigan Whitecaps, which is one of my favorite uh, Tiger affiliates. Although my yeah. favorite Tiger affiliate is of course the Lakeland flying Tigers, which no one has yes. ever seen, but it's still pretty cool premise at the very least. Uh, Chad says, I said at the beginning of the year, PCA was going to get the Rose arena treatment. He's the perfect type of rookie for the postseason If he's hitting in the lineup, if not, he's an elite D replacement. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. I, I guess I could see that to some degree, but I mean, it's not like they're playing bad defenders as it is. They've got, I mean, the Cubs have a pretty solid defensive outfield as it is. And so, you know, that was one of those moves that also went under the radar is Nelson Velasquez got traded. Yeah. Hey, I actually focused on that in my Grooving with Govier article this week, ftmfantasy.com, totally free. I highlighted it and I talked about it on the Tot War stream that I was really excited about Nelson Velasquez but I also was a little worried because of what the Royals do. I know it's a new regime, so I got to give them a fresh chance, but what happened to Edward Olivares and there's an outfield glut again. That's the problem, Ben. Nelson Velasquez is still running into more outfielders here with the Royals. I don't know if it's an improvement over Chicago. Of all the places that Nelson Velasquez could have gone, Kansas City maybe wasn't the best place to go. And and that's when you brought up Samad Taylor, his flexibility is one of those things I would really like except that he's he's running into that outfield, you know, and now they're likely going to go with a Witt, Massey, and Garcia trio in the infield starting every day. I mean, he might get a day to replace one or two, you know, one of those guys each week, but yeah. um, I just, I don't know that there's going to be enough playing time there. They're, they're really going to try to push Drew Walters. I know they want to see what they have there. Um, yeah, and, Waters you know, been playing consistently. They, they give him the rest of the yeah, season for and, sure. And that's, yeah, can't can't complain with that idea. It's just, man, it it kind of bums you out if you're a 
you know, if you're watching this, you kind of would prefer to see a guy like Velazquez get a little run and get to see if we could unleash the power, but yeah, not so much. It's possible I don't think this, that I have to accept slide. that Nelson Velasquez might be a fourth outfielder for his career. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, because he strikes a out power a ton. Type, though. Yeah. Oh, he'll be a guy who you'll stream a couple times a season, maybe. Like he'll, you'll stream him for a week because yeah. he'll go on a tear, but then the, the whiffs will come back and then he'll just be ice cold. And it could prevent him from ever being a consistent contributor. I mean, it's, this is a guy yeah. who I feel like I've, of all the people that I've followed as closely as anyone, which, you know, I don't do as much as you do. You are much more <laughs> focused in on the overall minor league profiles of many players. But for me, this is a guy that I feel like I've watched grow over the last couple of years from the first time I saw him in AFL. And now he's 24 and now he's with a new team. And it, it doesn't seem like he's that much closer. Next year to me will be a really crucial season for Nelson Velasquez. Does he yeah. break through, get to play, show that he's capable of providing offense for a full season for the Royals, or is Nelson Velasquez going to be that fourth outfielder type? Yeah, I I, think I agree with you there. Whoa! I just jumped out my own spit. I wish him all the best. Oh, uh, Peter wants us to know... Breaking, Brandon Woodruff is lined up to pitch Sunday in Milwaukee. Yep. That's great news. Yeah, we heard that about yeah. a half hour ago. Thanks, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's needed. Yes. Yeah. But that that also can answer some questions that folks had about what Milwaukee did at the deadline, because a lot of people assumed that they would go out and either pick up somebody, or else if they didn't, then that meant that Robert Gasser is going to be pitching all the rest of the season. And you just kept hearing from Milwaukee beat guys. No, they believe they're going to have a full major league rotation. Gasser's only going to be up if that doesn't come true. And here you go. All right. Let so, me, uh, let me kind of rapid fire at you a little bit here on some more trade yep. deadline prospects. Uh, what do you make of Justin Jarvis? Anybody that's worthwhile in fantasy down the road here, or is he nothing more than kind of, uh, a... he's close, but he's more of a, to me, he's a back end guy maybe a bulk reliever, um, but he's he's a guy, I, I think he's made some big strides this year, and so uh, I'm not going to discount the fact that he could be a guy that event that takes another half a step and suddenly is a guy that's a solid 3-4. Okay. What about the deal that brought in Jordan Montgomery? Any of those Texas Rangers prospects that were sent for Jordan Montgomery that have you interested? Oh, yeah. And, in fact, I really like that whole setup. Takoy Roby is, he's a fun pitcher to watch. And um, frankly, the Rangers need to get a ton more credit out of their 2020 draft because they got a lot of, they're getting a lot out of that. Mm -hmm. uh, Evan Carter is still one of the best prospects in all of baseball. And then, you know, both Sagisi, Sagesi, um, and, and Roby uh, are both guys from that 2020 draft. And I like Roby as a guy who could be a mid-rotation to even a little better arm. He's just really struggled with injuries thus far. Uh, and then you got Sagisi. I think Sagisi is a guy who's going to play. Uh, he's going to be the type of guy that comes up and plays a utility infield role, but plays a utility infield role where he's getting 450 to 500 plate appearances a year. Ooh. He's a very solid hitter. He's just not got one spot. And so, I mean, both of those guys come from where there was a lot of depth ahead of them. You know, there was an Owen White, a Jack Leader, uh, all these guys ahead of Roby. And then 
same thing with Sagisi. You had, you know, Foscu. You had, you know, they have just a wealth of guys that are on the infield side of things. So they come out of a situation where they likely were blocked from a future major league path, and they're going to do really nice. Sagisi's stats here, I mean, on the surface, the double A, right? They look really good. I mean, 313, 16 bonds, was 380 OBP, 900 OPS, over 374 bats this year. That looks good on the surface, for sure. Yeah, I, I think the big issue for him is simply he doesn't really have a defensive home. And now he's going to the perfect organization for that because the Cardinals <laughs> love taking guys that is have no really? idea where is they're it the, supposed to It's play. the perfect organization, but maybe for not, yeah, for the opposite well, reason. They just love bringing all these guys well, in. But at the same time, look at what they've done with guys like Tommy Edmond and Brendan Donovan who really weren't, I mean, they didn't really have a spot. And now you know, here we are looking, you know, looking at those guys a couple of years later as major or as fantasy league starters. Um, True. And, and they're, you know, you just, you, they kind of played them around until they went, Oh, Hey, Edmund actually handles shortstop. Okay. We can maybe leave him there. Yeah. And, Oh geez, Donovan actually is pretty solid up the middle at second base. We can leave him there too. <laughs> and, and, you know, and he's played around other places, but they're going to do that with guys. And I really think that's an organization that'll get Sagisi up and they'll say, okay, we're going to play a summit second, summit short. You know, third base is a little occupied at the moment, but you know, you can play some corner outfield, and we'll see where you're where you really fit. So, and Joe says also Foscu should be a solid average MLB player. Yep, and the only issue he's going to have is where. I mean, you've got Simeon and Seager assigned for you know into the uh, the not the next presidential. But the like president after that. Yeah. So after the 2028 election. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh, Chad so. says that uh, I asked this on the main show, but could you stash Austin Martin for the looming Buxton IL stint? But with this promotion to AAA, they could instead bring up Brooks. Ooh, Brooks Lee. Yeah. Brooks Lee this season still seems like a long shot, I would assume. Uh, as uh, Joe points out as well here on the live chat, Trevor Larnack is the direct yeah. replacement for Buxton. And he's on the 40-man while Martin and Lee are not. And that does matter. This is the Palazzo Podcast. Up next after the break, Ben reveals his top 1,000 Atlanta Brave prospects in order. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
news but not news royce lewis should be back in september so mm. i mean he's he's actually he's taking reps right now defensively he's just they're being careful with his swinging um, um, I, so it's you know i gave up after last year's sad ending for his season and for fantasy i'm always gonna root for him but this year yeah. i did not engage at all and i lucked out even more just because it's just bad breaks, man. Uh, he's got to be much yeah. more careful, I guess. Such a great kid. Yeah, too. I know. It it sucks. I I don't want that for him. It's just, it's just a bummer, man. It's a bummer. Uh, Peter wants to know: Is Colt Keith going to get some run this year? I don't think so. If he gets, man, if he gets it against a just ahead of Justin Henry, I'm going to revolt. I'm just, <laughs> I'm going to go yeah. straight to Detroit. This is what everyone's and I'm doing. Pound the table. Yes, everyone's doing this. Ben, we know that Justin Henry is the guy who's first in line here still. Everyone's jumping on the Colt Keith bandwagon in yeah. the, let's go back to what we always talk about, the prospect group think, the pipeline, everybody talks about the same guys, but slow down, okay? Colt Keith has come on strong, and he deservedly deserves credit. But Justin Henry Malloy was in the Futures game still, okay? So he was there too, and he's mm -hmm. been a level above Keith. He's been a little bit more advanced, and I would be shocked. I would be shocked if Colt Keith gets called up before Justin Henry Malloy. I just do not see it, and I don't think we're being biased. I just think we're well-versed in the lineage, if you want to call it that, the hierarchy, the, the, the promotions, and who came in here and who's done what with the Tigers. And if you really want to look at it, uh, Go Tigers. It's, it's been about a split. When, uh, when Keith is playing third, he's... Uh, Malloy is DHing, so he gets a day off or so a week, sometimes two days a week. Yep. And then Keith is the one that moves to second base. He's not getting full run at third base. If if they really thought he was the guy at third, they'd be running him every day at third. But instead, he and Malloy are kind of split in time at third right now. There you go. That's still happening. Yeah, Malloy's done some out. Take a look. Our guy, Justin Henry Malloy, has got a 406 OBP for the season. That makes me very happy. That's exactly the type of Tigers need in their major league lineup here. He's 23 years old yeah. now. He's, I'm telling you, it's he's got to be close. I really think, and this is the part where it gets a little bit more Ooh. wishful thinking, I think that Justin Henry Malloy will get a taste in September. I really do. I think it's going to happen. Okay. So here, I, I'm the bozo now here, Michael. Justin Henry Malloy has not played a game at third base since the 13th of June. He's been playing corner outfield. Yeah, well, see, I didn't want to. I, I didn't want to challenge you. I thought, I thought yeah. that might have been the case, yeah, but thought, I'm never one to question know, you, Ben. I always think you're on top of well, things. Well, and when uh, when Keith first got promoted, he was playing with alongside Keith in the infield, but yeah, that really hasn't happened since. So that's interesting. But I will also say, if you want to get a guy into the majors with the Tigers, uh, play him in the outfield. And so maybe <laughs> if you want to talk about a guy who has a better chance, of course, I mean, seriously, where in the Tigers lineup could they not have an improvement? Let's let's be real here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a joke. They, they could plug in any minor leaguer who's doing well, and they would have an upgrade. You so. look at Justin Henry's July. Uh, he's showing some power here. He, he's getting on base. Uh, I mean, he draws like a walk, like almost every game. He had a stretch here oh, with yeah. three straight games, didn't draw a walk, and that. But then two walks, two walks, 
You know, he drew 13 walks in July. Even when he's not hitting, that's one of the benefits I like of guys. He's got two walks in his first game in August. That's why I like guys like this because when the slump comes for everybody, maybe outside of Ronald Acuna, who's having one of the greatest seasons of all time for fantasy purposes, which um, hurts even more for those that drafted Trey Turner. <laughs> but yeah. Malloy's the kind of guy I like to have on my team because when the slump comes, the walks can kind of minimize some of the difficulties there. And they move. The other thing that I like about the idea of Malloy is they they moved him up in the lineup. He was hitting usually between like third and fifth is more of a run producing position. They moved him up in the lineup in July. And I mean, you were just read off the stats. You know, he's he's getting a, about a walk every single game out there. You know, and in fact, 15 walks in 16 games since the 1st of July. So, I mean, you literally a walk every game. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about a guy who's got about a 450, 460 on base over that time, he's that's exactly what the Tigers don't have in their lineup right now yeah. is someone who can get on base. And it, yes, I don't think Justin Henry is ever going to steal you 15 bases or maybe even not even 10. No. But if he's on base, He's going to score runs. Yeah. I mean, that's just the legitimate part of it is you need someone to be on base. Yeah. I mean, that's the Bill James playbook. That's what Moneyball is all about. Yeah. Get him on base. We'll get him around. I think, I think it's got to be close now. It's borderline service time at this point because he's showing that he can hit in AAA, although he hasn't been at AAA for like two years. So I understand if they want to see a full season out of him, but if he doesn't yeah. come up in September, absolutely, he will fight for a spot in spring training 24. I have, That is a guarantee. Yeah, I'll lock that in. Go Tigers. Oh, oh, yeah, go Tigers. That's right. But I'll also lock that in. Uh, this is an interesting question from Peter. With the Paul DeYoung trade, what does that say about Addison Barger of the Blue Jays? Does it say anything? I, I, I don't think so. I think more than anything, and especially if you look at what they gave up, which was a minor league reliever who may never see his way out of double A. Um, they're, they didn't give up anything to get to young. They had bad news about Boba yep. coming right on right up against the deadline. And they wanted to make sure they had a guy who was a legit major league shortstop. and didn't have that on the roster. I don't think Barger is any more or any less than what he was before. He's working through stuff this year. I think he's going to still be that guy. You know, he's he's got work to do, but he's, I don't know. I, I've been, I think he has made strides this year on stuff that people were trying to holler about him not being so great. So um, I, I just, you know, he's, yeah, his slash line isn't beautiful, but you're talking about a guy who's still, even in his bad year, is walking almost 14% of the time. Yeah, I was going to say a 350 OBP, even though everything else looks terrible, that always sticks out to me. A guy who hits 230 with a 350 OBP tells you he's got excellent plate discipline and that there is hope there. And, you know, bad seasons happen. Sometimes things don't go the way you want them to go for prospects. They don't just dominate and say, I'm ready for the major leagues. He's only 23 still. There is time, but I agree with Ben. I don't think it says well, a lot about injury him. stuff too. Yeah, of course. A lot, lot of injury. And he's, I mean, he's played, I'm looking up here, one, two, three, four positions this year, plus DH. So, I mean, it's, I think the Blue Jays are trying to figure out what the heck they have. Yeah. I mean, to be fully honest, is they like him, but I don't know that 
I don't know that it says more or less for him at all. He's still, he's in a development spot. Right. And, you know, guys like Santiago Espinal, you can't trust it short, yeah. you know, so they needed Paul DeYoung, who strikes out like a madman. He plays good defensive short, and the Blue Jays are a very mm-hmm. serious playoff team right now. So they don't, you, yeah. you rarely get a guy who is a rookie who jumps in at shortstop on a possible championship contending team. It's just, I mean, that's too important of a position. So, yep. so I get it. It makes sense to me. And Bichette will be back. He's not going to be gone forever. He'll be back this yep. year. I have, I don't think it's that serious, but they did need to rest him. Yep. Uh, there's a couple more I wanted to hit before we left here on uh, the trade deadlines. Cause I was, I was going uh, rapid fire here with Ben real quick. Cause I love getting his opinions on things up. Uh, what a, is Drew Gilbert really as advertised the guy that got sent in the Justin Verlander deal from Houston to the Mets? I I think honestly the Mets got two tremendous prospects in that in Gilbert and in Ryan Clifford. Oh, um, I Gilbert to me is going to be one of those elite real life players that's a good fantasy player. Mm. Um, I mean, along the lines of someone like Andrew Benatendi. Um, mm. you know, not a ton of power, not a ton of speed, but going to do nice things in both going to get you some decent average, but he is going to be one of those holy crap spitfire guys in the dugout. He's going to go all out on defense and make a lot of fun plays. If, if he's in a corner outfield spot, he's a gold glover. I think he's a, an adequate center fielder. I don't know that he's a gold glover there, but you know, really is that type of a player. He's going to be one of those you plug into your roto lineup. And he gives you twenty, you know, fifteen to twenty homers and steals, and you just you can let him let him eat all year long. You don't really need to worry about him. Um, Clifford, on the other hand, Clifford is a guy who has huge upside, and this is a high school guy, might be a first base only guy, mm. but has the power to back it up. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, watching him swing, it's just it's a pure power swing in that he makes big contact. And still can cover the plate well. Hell yeah! So this is the guy who could do, could end up hitting, you know, two seventy plus, and cranking out thirty plus. That's a huge type of guy, and from the left side, that's a big asset. I heard uh, someone else today. I've been listening to like podcasts all day long while I work, so <laughs> I can't. I apologize for not giving correct credit to who said this, but uh, someone mentioned. Someone mentioned uh, Clifford is very similar to Mark Vientos of the Mets. Oh. As far as a lot of power and not a great defensive home, but not a bad defensive profile. Just a guy that really, you're not sure if he can handle outfield, might be a first base only guy. That's that's what I really think Clifford, I, I thought that that was a really good comparison. All right. That's, dude, that's what I'm talking about. Hell yes. Also, Peter wants to know, last question. Sorry for dominating the show. Peter, we welcome you. We love newcomers. That's why we do the show. So don't apologize. Will we see Sidani Raffaella? He has been on fire over the last month or so. Um, and more than just, uh, more than just at the plate. I mean, He's making defensive plays that are getting on like sports center type of defensive <laughs> plays. Which, I mean, you know, back in the day when anyone actually cared about sports. Center. Sure. That was, um, it's getting farther and farther yeah. away, but yeah. Oh yeah. Sadly. Um, <laughs> but he did, he did get bumped up to triple a in uh, at the end of June and he's, Woo. you know, his July, 
His his June and July, he hit 337 in both. The guy is still not taking a friggin' walk. <laughs> that drives me bonkers. Uh-oh. But then his first game in August, he walked four times and had a home run. The guy swung one time in the entire game, five plate appearances, swung once and hit the ball out of the yard. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of the time he walked, he saw 19 pitches, didn't swing it or only swung at the one. Um, But this is a guy who has legit elite, elite defense. And I compared him and folks will remember this. I compared him before the season to Michael Harris uh, too, with the, with the Braves. Wow. And Michael, and I said, you know, this is a guy who he doesn't walk a ton, but he's got really good contact skills, but he's going to take time to develop. And Raphael is a center fielder. I mean, he's, I don't know that, uh, quite frankly, I don't know that anything, um, anything that Urias is going to do is going to really affect his role. You don't think so? On the Red Luis Arias, newly acquired oh, at the trade deadline for Bradley yeah. Boylock by the Red it, Sox. It just might mean that, that Rafael isn't going to play short okay. uh, when he gets up there. But I, I mean, he rarely plays short. He plays short once every 20 games. So he still has the ability to, which is friggin' amazing for a guy who has the center field defense that he does. But his future home is in center. And I think he, I think he matches up as a type of guy similar to Michael Harris as well with, you know, 15, 20 home run potential and 25 steal potential, you know, wow. with good average. That's exciting. I just don't know that you're, if you're an on-base guy or if you're in an on-base league, he might not be a guy for you and that's okay. Yeah. Just, you need to understand he might be more of a 330 on base sort of guy, even though he's hitting 290. Um, uh, there's a lot of so. people. That's a great point, too. Yeah. There's always different guys between average hitters and OBP hitters, and you got to be aware of that if you're playing in average or OBP leagues, OPS leagues, et cetera. What about uh, super quickly, Henry Williams? Is he anybody worthwhile for the Scott Barlow deal coming into the Kansas City I, organization? I'm, I'm wanting to see it. I'm wanting to see what he can do. Um, He's really been up and down this year in his performances. Uh, he's, I have, I have a big man crush on Adam Azur uh, from he's went to South Dakota state, then went to Iowa and now he's in the Padres organization. They started on the same team. Okay. Um, but boy, Williams is a guy who I really think he could be something. Um, it's a matter of if you're shopping Scott Bartlow, who was, you know, Paul Seawald was a surprise. Nobody saw that one coming as far as closers dealt on trade deadline day or on the day before within that. But, I mean, Chiski, you got arguably the top knowing or known available closer on the market, and you get a questionable pitcher and a reliever for him. And, boy, that... That one stunk to me. I did not like that particular <laughs> deal. Um, but I mean, I, I work. I've worked up a piece and was up way too late last night working up this piece. But <laughs> worked up a piece on all the prospects that were traded at the starting from June third all the way to the deadline. And I really think you know they overall those you know Rios. Rios is a guy that they just signed out of Mexico. I think he's a future reliever, but 
big stuff if they can ever find out how to get it in there. And, you know, Josh Stalmont did okay for a little bit, you know? Yeah, so, yeah a little bit. <laughs> Josh Stalmont. Yeah. But, no, I, I like Henry. Henry's a – he's not a – he's not going to – I don't think he's – ever going to be a guy that pushes someone like Ben Caderna or uh, Frank Mazzucato out of the top of the Royals' best pitching prospects. But along the way, I think that they could work together as they come up. I mean, he's he's got good stuff. He just needs to locate. That's a big part of it is a kid like that. And, and he's, he's 21. Just if he would have been healthy – you're talking about a first round guy, no problem in the 2022 draft coming out of Duke, but he was oh. coming off of a Tommy John hadn't pitched at all since 21, maybe. Yeah. And when he did, he, he popped and then he had, you know, but some of the most electric stuff in the, in college at the time. So it's just a matter of getting back, getting your feel for it again after surgery. So. I want to give you three more guys and then we are out of here. Three guys okay. that were traded. So. What about the state of the union with Khalil Watson? Where do you stand at this point in his career? I mean, he's, he's still young. He's 20, though, now, and uh, he is really not making headway. He's had a lot of struggles. There's been all kinds of issues here. What do you think at this oh, point yeah. right now for people playing Dynasty Baseball, Khalil Watson? I I watched a Khalil game, gosh, mid, mid-July. Or I, I don't remember. I don't, don't honestly remember. It's within a, the last month or so. Okay. And watched him foul a ball off. And it was so deep that the outfielder didn't move. I mean, it was close to the pole. So one of those where this should have drawn an outfielder running toward it and trying to get it. And he has that in him still. He can still just absolutely murder a ball. You know, it's just, but you're talking about a guy who his biggest issue has been himself. And that's really sad because he's, he's really done a, he's an exceptionally talented young man, but he's had so many issues with, umpires with fellow coaches with fellow players i just i really think he needed a change of scenery i right so cleveland could they feel that they have some type of structure that could help change they they have a good minor league structure overall i like what they do uh with players or with pitching but they also (laughs) Especially with, well, yeah, I mean, as a fantasy owner, I love what they do with pitching. But, I mean, just in general, they they really work their players well. Um, they, they got a guy who stabs somebody to be a productive major leaguer, you know, and Josh Naylor. So, I mean, that's that says something. That's true. But I do think that you're talking about a, a player who's going to probably take multiple years. And, you know, he's already... I mean, well, I guess, geez, I didn't even realize he was that. He's 20. Yeah. He's still just 20. Yeah. You know, and I I think that's just, there's so much about this kid. He needs room to grow, and he's in a really good organization to do it. You know, quite frankly, they have a lot of mature 
up the middle prospects. I would love for him to end up uh, going back up into A ball or high A just to saddle up next to one of them for a while and just talk shop, learn about playing baseball. Yes, I love that. I think that's awesome. All right, what about uh, Manny Rodriguez? Sent from the Cubs to the Rays, relief pitcher. A lot of people are talking highly of Manuel Rodriguez. And that's, yeah, I, I, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm not going to say he's not worthy of some note, but, um, yeah, I I guess I'll, I'll believe it when I see it with him. Ooh. He's just, he's walking everybody right now and that's just it yeah i get that he's in his second year as a pitcher isn't that right i think he, he was a converted infielder oh i believe he's 26 years I'm old not, yeah so he's been around it's not like he just showed up yeah uh with with the mets right uh yeah the same guy uh i think yeah. so the manny rodriguez with the mets yeah i was gonna say he's um just tremendous, uh, tremendous raw stuff, which a lot of these guys do when they come off of or turn into pitchers. Um, but I just, I don't see he's, he's walking seven per nine right now. That's just a lot. It's just a lot. And and he's only striking out 7.3 per nine. So he's barely walking or striking out more than he's walking. The raw stuff is really good. It's just a matter of he's going to need a. I think he needs a lot more work, and he's. I mean, he's pitching in a high A ball. It's not like he's mowing them down in double A AA or triple A. There's some big steps he's got to take still. So. Oh wait a minute! We got the wrong guy. Isn't he the guy who's he's at triple A? Do I have that I, wrong? Manny Rodriguez here, the guy with the Rays. Or, or, the, the, or do I have? Yeah, I think uh, the because the Rays signed him to Durham. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I have the wrong name. That's okay. That's okay. Oh, it's a common okay. Name. So I didn't do my deep dive on him yet ah. just because he's he's no longer a rookie. Got it. Uh, or no longer a prospect. So I did a big prospect thing looking at guys, and, and because he had played a bunch in 21, I think he lost his prospect eligibility. But ah. there's – he's – yeah, no. As far as – yeah. Manuel Rodriguez is a little different ballgame as far as striking out folks, but – once again, he's still striking or still walking more than ten percent of guys, um, so nowhere near as bad, but still not not quite the same guy. I I don't know. I like I like players that can potentially give you something down the road. He seems to have the ability when he steps in at the end of the game. Um, I was just looking to see. Going back, I, I remember watching an earlier game this year with Iowa where he walked in and had did not have his stuff, did not have his best stuff at all, and sequenced things to get two ground outs and pull off the save. And there are certain guys, I mean, we could think of your old Tigers guy, Todd Jones, couldn't strike out my grandma, but he racked up saves. Yeah. He put him in the ninth inning with a with a lead and he'd come out with a save every stinking time. That's right. And 
it seems like Rodriguez was really comfortable in that role when I watched him earlier this year, but I'll admit that's the only <laughs> eyes I've had on him. That's fair. Um, that's what I we prefer. Not impressed with this stuff. We want the truth so, from it. Yeah, yeah. We don't want you to make things up. Yeah. That's what we do here. If we don't know, we won't tell you yeah. folks. That's what we do here. The Palazzo podcast. I was say, I, when you said Manny Rodriguez, I'm like, well, God, he's in the Mets system, and I didn't realize he got traded. So, <laughs> but okay, now Manuel, Manuel, Manny. It's it's one of those goofy things. Well, I got one like for you. You will know the last guy. Everyone again, a lot of people talking highly. Alfonso Rivas. You know, I've always liked his approach. I've always liked what he can do at the plate, as far as a contact hitter. My issue is I don't know if he's got enough oomph to be a first baseman. And I really think that's probably his only major league position. I mean, he's played some corner outfield too, but even then, if you're playing corner outfield, you got to have some power. And we're talking about a guy who in his entire minor league career, 325 games, has 24 home runs. So, I mean, you know, take that. If you want to take 325, split it in half as a 162-game season, you're talking about 12 home runs a year. Now, 297, 404, 441, that's a decent enough slash line. It would play in fantasy. I would play a 404 OBP guy in some of my OBP leagues. Yonder it's just Alonzo. going to be a guy that gets – oh, there you go. You know, But a guy that's going to probably rack up a lot more doubles than home runs – and, I mean, quite frankly, you look at him and you're like, oh, okay, I get why he doesn't have power. I mean, <laughs> in, he's, he's, you know, I, he's six foot in really tall shoes. Um, and he, I don't know that he cashes in on 200 bills on the, on the scale either. Nope. So, I mean, he's a smaller guy. Plays a really good first base, though. It's just that I, he doesn't really have the speed or... Doug Mankiewicz. There you go. <laughs> now, that actually, if he can pull off a Dougie, he'll be able to do well as oh, far yeah. as at least sticking around the league for a long time. I mean, Mankiewicz was not a guy you wanted to start for a lot of his career, but caught the last out of the 04 World Series for a reason because he could play a heckish defensive first base absolutely and wouldn't hurt you with the plate kind of guy you acquire at the trade deadline for that specifically yeah yep Yep. if he could be that i'd be i'd be happy for revis but i think i'll this is why i bring these things up guys because there's a lot of people talking saying oh boy this is a big move but it's not always that go under the hood folks take a look for yourself you can listen to ben you can listen to us of course and then make your own conclusions but just remember that oh uh, chad asked the last question real quick uh is Brian Weathers going to benefit now that he's in Miami, leaving San Diego? Man, I – okay, we, we we have to be real here. First guy that I compared Ryan Weathers to when he was a high school prospect was Braxton Garrett. Oh. So I just – when this deal went down, I, I laughed. I, I thought it was just <laughs> hilarious. And then I looked at the rest of it, and I'm like, Garrett Cooper, what the heck are they doing? And then – you know, that's the deal that I talked about. Has Sean Reynolds involved as a potential, you know, guy who could pop as a reliever yeah. with the uh, Padres. I think if Weathers is going to find a more a better spot for him to develop, I mean, maybe Cleveland, that'd be about it. I mean, just <laughs> I really think this is this is about as good a fit for him 
but it might be like Garrett, a slow roll. You know, Garrett took a year of kind of getting his brains beat in, another year of being a back end fantasy starter. I mean, he was he was a Marlins second or third starter, but at the time he was a back end fantasy guy because yep. he was giving up runs and walking, and you know he'd have his blow ups, and now he's a he's a solid mid rotation fantasy starter. Sure. Um, I mean, it's it's just taken him those years of kind of getting that other stuff, but he had to develop down low for a little bit. He had to go down into the minors for a while, and I believe he even went down to like a ball for a little bit to really kind of get his head on straight after he had his first bad run in in the majors. And that might be what Weathers kind of needs is just that freedom that, hey, you're in a good development system. You're going to see good coaching all the way along in that Marlins system as far as an arm is concerned. We might send you down to A-ball for a bit, then bring you up to double-A, let you see that for a little bit. And by the time you get back here, you're going to be ready to be very solid. I love it. Uh, That's a quite the coincidence that's funny well there it is that's the long version of the blotso podcast prospects power half hour we had a lot of trains though so we wanted to get a lot of the people on the record so now we got ben on the record as much as we could thanks for watching thanks for being part of live chat follow ben on twitter big gentle ben i'm at mj govier plotso podcast of course the discord totally free we're in there 24 7 talking fantasy baseball until the season ends then we'll talk playoffs and ben will be talking plenty about the braves hopefully he'll still be able to talk about the braves in the world series uh you know great regular seasons do not mean that great regular seasons turn into playoffs they can all end very quickly ben i'm not rooting against you but uh well but we could still talk about acuna's 50 80 season so that's gonna be nice i know (laughs) it's just i got i got offered bobby witt and pete alonzo and i'm like nope I'm not trading Acuna. Why would I want to? Yeah, why would I want to get off this season? What I, I I put this up on on the Discord a few days ago, or yesterday. He hit his 25th home run. He becomes the eighth player to have ever hit 25 and stolen 50, and it's the first of August. It's incredible. Or second of August when he did this. He's if he gets. I mean, frankly, the way he's going. It very well could be that he's at 25 uh, or at, you know, 3050 by the end of this month, which only one other guy has ever done. And then once he gets to 30 and 60, nobody else has ever touched that. Oh, man. It's incredible. Nobody. It's absolutely. And he only incredible. needs nine steals right now, only needs five home runs and nine steals to get to that point. That's. I mean, he's had a lot of weeks like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just crazy to consider. Well, he's taking advantage of the rule changes, but he already could steal bases anyways. He came back from an ACL oh, yeah. last year and stole a ton of bases. And I think that ACL injury lingered a little bit for fantasy people, but that'll never happen again because now he will absolutely yeah. be the number one overall pick next year. And barring a collapse, that could be his for the next four years. It really could be. He and Shoei are... Uh, Right now, that, that if even if you're not an Angels fan, even if you're not a Braves fan, watching Ronald Acuna Jr. and Shohei Otani do what they are doing this year, baseball's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of either. And you're right. Fun. I love watching both of them do their thing. It's uh, it's a great I, season. I just got to watch a series of the three of those two squaring off. And I mean, Shohei wasn't able to win a game for his team with his performance, but I think he hit like 800 for the three game series. 
It was just ridiculous. So I don't think he will join the 50. He'd be the no, first ever 50, 50 club. It won't he'd have to double his home runs right now. Yeah. That's not going to happen. I mean, I, I could see him getting to 40. I just think he's more than likely going to be in the 30 somethings, but he's going to get that 60 steals and 30, 60 has never been done. So, I mean that. So is he, wait, so J-Rod didn't do 40, 40, right? But who was the last 40, 40 Alfonso Soriano. Uh, Somebody else more recently, probably off the top of my head. I, yeah, I, I don't know if uh, if Alex got if uh, Rodriguez got it after because Alex Rodriguez did yeah. it once. The last one was Soriano, two thousand six. Yeah, was it? okay. Yep. I was gonna say it was. It would be one of those two. They were, the, I think, the last two that got it. But yeah, you know, I think it's not like it's a big club any either. No, so, it's only four people: Conseco, Bonds, A Rod, and El. That's a guy, well, maybe Conseco doesn't belong. I was going to say Alfonso Soriano <laughs> doesn't belong, so if I say that. Yeah, but but in his peak, I mean, all those guys in their peak, power speed, that, I mean, God, they were just studs. Well, I actually they think Conseco was studs. a, yeah, he, I, I know he roided it up, but I don't think he really needed to that much. He was a very talented oh, player. No. So. Oh, gosh, no. Which is funny because he had a twin that just couldn't do it. Ozzy, he just couldn't, yeah. I mean, he, he made it. He made it to the majors, but man, he just he was nowhere near his brother. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'd love to see something fun happen. It's been a fun baseball season, and there's more to come. Two months to go. Lock in. Don't give up now. Focus in. If you're playing for next year, that's the fun part about Dynasty Baseball is you can make a lot of moves now to prepare yourself yep. and start to plan. Because in redraft, you got nothing else to play for if you're sucking. So that's the fun part yeah. of Dynasty <laughs> Baseball. When uh, we're gonna, yeah, woohoo, we're gonna do more. We'll be. Uh, Maybe we'll soon we'll start talking about FYPDs as a season mm-hmm. ends and a little preview, a little taste, and more. And Arizona. Yeah, of course, Arizona Folly. We got first pitch Arizona. If you haven't got your tickets yet, lock those tickets in. Get down there. Mm-hmm. Come see me and uh, Mike and Britton at the very least, and Sam. Sam's going to be there too. In fact, Sam rented a house that we're going to be staying at, Airbnb, so that'll be fun. And uh, we'll Very hope cool. to have some – do, do something cool down there. I'm hoping I actually talked to another yeah. guy I know, Jerry Perkins over there, uh, who's oh, he's got connections. Prospect Live. Yeah, yeah. Me and him are friends. Yep. And I talked to I'm gonna see if uh, maybe he knows a thing or two because he's connected to a lot of minor leaguers and Kansas City organization in a way. So who knows what we'll do, but make sure you stay right here. YouTube, subscribe, connect with us. Follow Ben on Twitter, Big Jets of Ben, MJ Govia, Plots of Podcast 12. Utah. Susie's. Thanks everybody, Discord in the meantime. For Ben, I'm Michael. We'll see you later. Power prospects <laughs> is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the above. Don't need money. Don't take fame. Don't need no credit card to ride on this train. It's strong and it's sudden. It's cruel sometimes. But it might. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.